Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to AOA. Thank you so much for joining us and letting us be part of your day and letting us kick off a new week with you. Hope you had a good weekend. Harvest is rolling. Let's be careful. Let's have a safe one, okay? It is National Farm Safety Week, by the way, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later with Tara Haskins with the AgriSafe Network. And I know you've heard this over and over and over, and you hear somebody say, be careful and, you know, let's have a safe harvest. But we're going to keep reminding you because it is so critically important. I know in my area, already this fall, there have been farm accidents, and they are just so devastating to to family, to communities. Um, So we'll keep reminding you about being safe. And this applies to all of us, even if you're not farming. If you're out on those rural roads, be patient, be observant, be careful. Can't emphasize it enough. So we'll talk more about farm safety later in the program. Uh, We've got some things going on with uh, gray wolves, uh, the moving of the Bureau of Land Management offices. We're going to talk with Scott Yeager with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association about that. With harvest, uh, everybody wondering about the weather. How's it going to cooperate for getting the harvest done? We'll talk with John Baranek, DTN meteorologist, coming up in just a bit as well. So all that coming up on today's program. Again, thank you for joining us. Let's talk news now to get us going with Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. Spencer, thank you for joining us. I was going to say, tell us about this mess in Washington, but that would be so many things. I, we're going to have to pinpoint it a little bit more than that. Uh, what is what are we watching for this week in Congress? We got this build back better plan that the uh, Democrats want, but in the meantime, they got a deadline for keeping the, the government open and you got spending questions and funding questions. Sort through this for us. All right, Spencer, can you hear us? I got you now, Mike. Hey, well, you just missed a great build up there I gave you, okay? So <laughs> I've given you the opportunity to sort through all this craziness in Washington, D.C. right now. Well, not all of it, but that that uh, yeah, goes I, with I the Build Back Better spending that. plan. <laughs> build Back Better, and uh, then you have uh, the, the deadline for getting the government funded to keep it going, the federal debt ceiling debate. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, there's, it's, it's going to be a busy week in Washington, uh, no, no doubt about it. And uh, eventful, perhaps, by the lack of events uh, that will take place. Uh, Really, some of the main things that we're watching right now is the really the Democratic Party and Democratic leadership has said that their top priority right now is going to be getting the government funded. Of course, government funding expires uh, at the end of September, and that'll be uh, next week. And so uh, that's going to be a big priority, and we did see some news on that front. We were expecting the House uh, Rules Committee at about noon to mark up a continuing resolution to fund the government into December. Uh, now we're seeing some reports that that might not happen until tomorrow. And so one of the reasons behind that, uh, evidently, is because there are some conversations about including the uh, rise to the government's debt limit in that, uh, in that CR, something that Republicans have been resistant to support. Mm-hmm. They've said that this uh, additional spending that we've seen is, is, on the, is on the table for Democrats, and they need to have the votes to increase that dem- debt limit. And so uh, we're going to be keeping uh, you know, a pretty close eye on that. Also expecting some kind of consideration, you know, potentially, really, of this infrastructure bill, but now that's getting into kind of a back and forth between uh, some of the moderates and the progressives in the Democratic Party, uh, potentially, you know, to the point that that could actually sink that bill in the House as well. So uh, a lot of different uh, things up in the air right now. More questions than answers still at this point, right? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. And really, it's one of those things that uh, sometimes this is what happens when uh, lawmakers are on a, a district work period. They're out and about going to parades, going to legislative coffees, and now they'll be back in town this week, and so they'll have the opportunity to kind of all get in the room and, and hash out some of these differences. You know, say say what you want about the politics and the priorities of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, but it's, it's well known in Washington that she has about as firm a grip on uh, on her party as any party leader maybe ever has in Washington. She When she needs votes on something, she can get it. And so this week is going to be a big, big test of her power over, over the Democratic caucus. 
Uh, agriculture still watching closely what happens on the tax front. It looks like maybe stepped-up bases will be protected, but concerns about the uh, levels for the estate tax. Yeah, and so the stepped-up basis is something that, as it sits right now, folks are, are feeling probably good, not great. Um, this is still an idea that could be resurrected in the Senate. Uh, you know, we don't have final uh, legislation on this Build Back Better plan, this reconciliation package that they're considering. So. It's not quite done yet, but, uh, you know, there are also some other, uh, you know, special use valuations that could be uh, brought in in the event that there's some estate tax tweaking. Uh, there, there's just a lot of things that could be done at this point. You know, we can't really speculate on, on what's going to end up in the final legislation, but a lot of uh, ag groups being very, very vocal, obviously, you know, feeling good about where things stand right now on stepped-up basis and kind of shifting their attention a little bit to protecting what they've got in the 2017 tax bill on the estate tax and, and hoping that they don't uh, take a step backward here in the next couple of weeks, potentially next couple of months on this reconciliation bill. You know, I get the feeling that something's going to get passed, and we've seen this many times before with major pieces of legislation. Something's going to be announced that it's passed, and then we start trying to figure out what's in it, what the details are. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting this to be a, a very short and easy to understand bill at its, uh, at its immediacy. I mean, it's going to be several thousand pages. It's going to take a, a lot of time to fully understand the implications of it, uh, you know, even after it is passed. And, you know, we, we saw that, uh, you know, with, with things like the Affordable Care Act, we saw that in 2017 with the tax law when they had to go back afterwards and correct that so-called uh, green glitch, the Section 199A. And so it's a, not necessarily a new theme in Washington that they're going to, you know, the old joke is pass the bill to find what's in it. But that's not really that far out of the question right now either. A lot of folks trying to legislate on the fly a little bit, and, and when that happens, a lot of things can end up in legislation that maybe uh, don't, uh, don't aim toward the intended consequence. And then afterwards, everybody starts spinning it in whatever direction they want to spin it. Of course, and in the process, you know, all of this ag money that's being thrown around right now, a lot of folks kind of scratching their head, trying to figure out what the implications will be for the 20, you know, 23 Farm Bill. Uh, you know, a lot of money being added potentially to the Farm Bill baseline right now through this reconciliation process. And so what does that mean when uh, the committees get together, start doing oversight, start uh, passing around marker bills and, and writing legislation for that upcoming Farm Bill? It's uh, you know, there's potentially big long-term implications for what we're going to see here discussed in these next two weeks. Big big time, plus the inflationary concerns as well. And the fact that here they are trying to spend more money and they haven't even sent out or used the money that's been uh, appropriated or approved in the past few months. I mean, there's still, there's still COVID relief money out there that's still not been uh, spent. So I don't, it, it's, it's really a mess. And I appreciate you trying to walk us through it. It's going to be an interesting uh, next several days to see what they come up with. Thank you, Spencer. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Michael. See ya. All right. Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. We'll keep an eye on this best we can of how this is uh, going to work its way out in Washington, D.C. and the implications for agriculture. All right. Up next, harvest weather forecast. John Baranek, DTN meteorologist, joins us next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. The system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of bear plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. 
From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility. Independence changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Harvest 2021 underway. Let's check the weather forecast for this week and for the next few weeks. For that matter, John Baranek, DTM Meteorologist, joins us. John, thank you for joining us. What kind of a harvest week do we have ahead of us? Yeah, so it's looking like it's going to be kind of a, a wet week here, at least uh, through the front half of it. We've got two kind of things going on right now. We've got a front over the western corn belt moving through and some moisture that, uh, if you can believe it, is still from the effects of uh, Hurricane Nicholas that uh, went through Texas and Louisiana last week. So it's kind of gradually pumping moisture northward into the eastern Midwest. So. Uh, those two will combine for some scattered showers and thunderstorms. Uh, we might see some severe weather out of it in, in a few places as well. But for the most part here over the western Corn Belt, it's a lot of scattered showers, but it really moves into that uh, more humid air across the eastern Corn Belt, basically east of the Mississippi. We'll see some better rainfall out of it, unfortunately. Uh, rainfall amounts probably around one inch kind of area-wide. Uh, well, we're going to see some pockets of two or three inches, possibly more, especially across Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. So it's going to be a little rough here for the next few days as that system kind of works its way through slowly. Uh, it doesn't really leave until probably Thursday across the eastern Corn Belt. So uh, a few days here of rainy weather. So we'll kind of tap the brakes in some places for harvest while that moves through. Uh, some areas <laughs> couldn't get rain all year. Now they're starting to get it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I'm, except for where it's been hurting for, for harvest issues, you know, the Dakotas and Minnesota still need a, a, a just a ton of rain mm -hmm. to, to eliminate those deficits. So they'll take it when they can get it. Uh, and unfortunately, this looks like it might be the last chance of them getting some significant rain in those areas for the next couple of weeks yeah still needed in that area certainly uh now you get down to the timing of it when it when it comes but uh, yeah you you gotta when you're that far behind on moisture you gotta take all you can get all right john what about temperatures this coming week so temperatures right now are, are pretty variable if you look across the midwest uh Ahead of it, we've been uh, pretty pretty far above normal. We hit 90 in Minnesota here yesterday and a lot of portions here across the Western Corn Belt. We'll be up uh, again quite a bit here, unless you're, you're dealing with some showers in the area, probably in the upper 80s uh, at times. So uh, until that front comes through and unless you have 
showers. It's going to be quite warm. Uh, but once those move through, that, that cold front's actually pretty potent. Right now, temperatures in the Dakotas are in the 50s, and back behind it's back in the 40s. So that'll sweep that'll sweep a lot of the heat out of the out of the area at least for at least for the next few days. Uh, temperatures will be much more closer to normal, uh, or even slightly below normal uh, as that front moves through. Yeah. Now, is that just uh, kind of a temporary thing, or have we are we turning the switch now, especially temperature-wise, from summer to fall? Yeah, we've kind of started to do that. Uh, you know, the the month of September is usually a pretty up and down month as we kind of make that transition from summer to fall. So sometimes we'll see temperatures real high, sometimes we'll see them quite low, and uh, this is just going to be kind of part of that pattern. So we've got some pretty good temperatures out there right now. We'll see them dip down. Uh, we'll come back up here uh, next week, especially if you're looking uh, in the western half of the Corn Belt. We'll do that this weekend. We'll have to probably wait until the middle of next week to do that east of the Mississippi River. John, you were at uh, Husker Harvest Days last week talking with farmers. What did they? Uh, what was most on their minds when it came to weather questions? Uh, a lot of it had to do with: uh, Are we going to see the drought go away? Um, you know, when we were in Nebraska, you know, they've been kind of having some in and out cases of drought, and some some guys were doing just fine. Some guys had it just in the perfect timing. And some just couldn't get it at all. And, uh, uh, you know, right there, Nebraska was kind of in, a, in an interesting spot all year. They, they didn't have the drought consistently like the Dakotas, um, but they didn't get really wet like, uh, like the eastern corn belt either. So there was a lot of mixed conditions throughout the state. And they were just kind of wondering, you know, the guys who had good weather, is it going to continue? And the guys that didn't, it was like, is it going to get better? So, you know, everybody, even 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 now, we're still we're still looking at rain and and trying to see, you know, if we can keep that going. That's always a, the on the minds of farmers is how much rain am I going to get because I'm going to need it at some point. Mm-hmm. Document DTM meteorologist John Baranek. All right, John. So, what's your longer range forecast? Take us through September and into October. Yeah. So after this system kind of clears its way out, we are going to turn on a more drier path. Um, there's going to be a ridge that develops out in the west, and it's going to start blocking a lot of the potential storms moving through the country here uh, for the last week of September and going into October. Uh, we will see one kind of escape off the north, and it'll move through the Great Lakes. And we may get some isolated showers here for Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, maybe northern portions of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio as well kind of Friday, Saturday time frame. But for the most part, we're going to be on a drier trend. And as that ridge kind of builds, it's going to, it's going to migrate its way eastward through the middle of the country here next week. And uh, temperatures should be on the, on the rise as we go into October. And it looks like for uh, at least the medium range for the next couple of weeks here, the beginning half of October, uh, we don't see really much of a change in that. So we should stay on the warmer side of normal. Uh, being under that ridge should be dry as well. So much of the middle of the country here should be under warm and dry conditions here going through the middle of October at least. Uh, we'll see how, how well that kind of placates itself for the rest of the month. But for the most part here, the beginning half of the month should be good harvest conditions going forward after we get past this, this period here early this week. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like good, uh, a good harvest forecast there as we uh, go through the end of September and into, into October. All right, take us down to South America. Uh, what's their moisture situation down there? Yeah, so if we take a look at Brazil by itself here, the southern states have actually had some pretty good rainfall over the last couple of weeks. They've had uh, either systems come through or front stall, and they've been kind of in and out of, of showers, which has been really good for uh, their winter wheat crops, but also planting for their corn and soybeans. So uh, they have restrictions in, in Brazil of when they can plant their soybeans, and those got lifted last week. Looks like uh, a lot of people are, are really getting out. They already had already been getting out for their full-season corn, but now they're getting out for their uh, soybean planting as well. Central Brazil is a little bit different. They have to wait for the really the start of their rainy season. They get a distinct wet season and dry season um, dichotomy, dichotomy that goes through over there because they're so close to the equator. And uh, they're, just, they're just waiting. Uh, they've been in drought for months and months and months. I mean, typically they don't see much rain during their uh, wintertime anyway, but they really need those showers to, to really stop the, the soils from being powder and being out there to, to plant. And they just haven't seen it yet. There have been a couple of isolated showers in, in Mata Grossa, which is the highest production state in the country, but nothing really substantial. 
this one of these fronts that's over southern Brazil right now looks like it'll migrate its way northward here uh, for the weekend, and models are starting to put some showers um, really across the whole uh, central portions of the country, and um, maybe the start of their rainy season. Now, typically in a La Nina, that gets delayed, so uh, having it come and this weekend would be basically on time for the start of their rainy season. So if, if they get the showers right on time here, it looks like they may start on time. Um, now, the showers probably won't stick around for very long because it's due to a front. They'll kind of wash out early next week, and they may kind of go through some drier periods going into October before the rains really start to pick up. But it could be enough for some of those farmers out there to, to start planting corn and soybeans. So where are we with this back-to-back uh, -back La Nina, or, or however you call it, but uh, a doubling up of La Nina? Where are we at on that? Yeah, I kinda, I, I, a lot of us meteorologists kind of call it a, a double-dip La Nina. And, uh, you know, we obviously we had one last winter. It, it came up to kind of a neutral state here this summer. And uh, it's so close to being uh, going back to La Nina right now. So there's two ways to measure that. One is through the atmosphere and the other one's through sea surface temperatures. Well, right now the atmosphere is saying, yep, we're in a La Nina state, um, kind of borderline, but we're, we're, we're in there. Uh, the sea surface temperatures are just outside the realm of being considered a La Nina, so we're real close in, in both regards. Um, and we're headed that way. Models are very consistent. Uh, it doesn't matter really which model you look at. It all have, points to a La Nina kind of peaking here in November before coming back up to a neutral state uh, next spring. And what does that, real quick, what does that mean, uh, basically, if that, if that plays out? Yeah, for, for the corn belt here, uh, what it means is kind of variable uh, temperatures, except for some cooler conditions in the western corn belt, but wetter conditions in the eastern corn belt. So we probably won't see the drought be eliminated over the wintertime uh, across the western corn belt, but it looks like we won't see it really expand across the eastern corn belt. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that. John, as always, good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Have a great week. Take care. DTM meteorologist John Baranek. Well, as I mentioned earlier, it is National Farm Safety Week. We're going to talk farm safety. I know you've heard a lot of this before. want to go over it again. There's a lot of different aspects to farm safety. We talk more about the, uh, the mental part of it now as well, mental health and the stresses that farmers go through. We've got a lot to talk about with Tara Haskins with the AgriSafe Network. That's next on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Progressive Farmer knows you need content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast, Field Posts, to bring you convenient and easy-to-listen-to interviews on key topics and trends. Join me, Sarah Mock, as I interview some of agriculture's best thoughts. You'll have a front-row seat to learn what's happening in agriculture today. You can view our library of podcasts and upcoming topics by going to dtnpf.com backslash field posts. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. China's second largest property developer and the world's largest real estate borrower is unable to make payments on $300 billion in debt. Their problems are impacting grain markets, equity markets, and energies to start off this week. On the Board of Trade this morning, December corn trading six and a half cent lower at 520 and three quarters. The March contract down five and a half cent at 528 and three quarters. For soybeans, the November contract trading 16 cents lower at 1268 
1998. The January contract down 15 and three quarters at 1277 and a quarter of a cent. For wheat, Chicago wheat December down eight and three quarters at seven dollars even. The Kansas City wheat December contract trading 11 and a half cent lower at 701 and a half cent. Minneapolis spring wheat December down 11 at 889 and a half cent. The March contract down 10 and a half cent at 878 and a fraction of a cent. In the livestock complex, the market has seen extreme pressure since the last cattle on feed report, which was termed as bullish. This week, there will be another cattle on feed report out on Friday. In cash cattle trading, the past few weeks have seen limited activity, with last week's closing with both packers and feedlots holding out. Packers are watching the weakness of futures and box beef being unwilling to pay more for cattle. Looking at live cattle futures on the Board of Trade, the October contract trading 62 cents lower at 122.17 December, down 57 at 126.95. Feeder cattle October down 25 at 156.12, November 17 cents lower at 155.92. In lean hogs, October trading 55 cents lower at 85.17 December, $1.87 lower at 73.17. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 509 points, the NASDAQ composite down 280. The S&P 500 down 70. The U.S. dollar index is trending higher. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, the busy harvest season is underway, more in some places than others, but it's picking up each day, weather permitting, of course. And that uh, that busy time is a stressful time as well. There's a lot going on. It also is a reminder that it can be a very dangerous time. It is National Farm Safety Week, and here to join us now is Tara Haskins with the AgriSafe Network. Tara, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Um, there's so much, uh, I mean, so much happens in a short period of time during harvest time and uh, long hours and uh, stress and you're watching the weather and you're hoping you know so many things you want things to go right but you have breakdowns and things like that so that there's a lot of physical uh, stress there's mental stress there's just a lot at play here and that's why it's a good time to just kind of stop and 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 have some reminders uh, to everyone to please be careful and take every precaution you can. That's right. I mean, agriculture is known as one of the most dangerous industries, and um, but a, a very vital industry for our country and abroad. And so um, uh, NECAS has had National Farm Safety and Health Week now for about 77 years, which is astounding. So the recognition of the inherent dangers that occur in agriculture has has been known for quite, quite some time. So uh, AgriSafe is providing some daily webinars for agricultural health and safety professionals as well as producers and farm workers. We're really excited about this lineup. Yeah, let's talk about it. You cover some very important topics. Uh, kind of take us through this week. Great. So each day has a theme. Uh, starting today, we've got tractor safety and rural roadway safety. Um, and I will also like to add, every day we have two webinars, one at 12 p.m. Central Time and one at 2 p.m. On Tuesday, it's overall farmer health. Uh, we're going to be looking at stress and mental health during COVID-19 and those inherent impacts on farmers, as well as 
a great uh, a great webinar on food in the field put out by our Nebraska partners at Nebraska Extension. On Wednesday, we've got safety and health for youth in agriculture, critical um, population that we need to address because people are raising their families on farms, and these farms are being passed down to the next generation. And so we're going to be looking at pediatric farm-related injuries by Dr. Charles Jennison from the University of Iowa College of Medicine and a, a pilot project trying to reduce suicide uh, risk and, su- and implement suicide prevention in these areas. Um, on Thursday, we've got agricultural fertilizer and chemical safety. Uh, this is a really great day. We're going to have a, a webinar on anhydrous ammonia by Dan Neenan from NECAS. And then, of course, the all-important personal protective equipment to protect your lawns by our own Charlotte Halverson, our clinical director at AgriSafe. And then we're going to wrap up this last day, um, and we're focusing on a day, and it's entitled Safety and Health for Women in Agriculture with two webinars. One on zoonotic diseases and pregnancy, which is really a great webinar. And then the 12 o'clock webinar, I also want to encourage our males to uh, maybe uh, take a stab at listening to this one. This one's going to be done by, uh, it's called Stepping Boldly into Tough Conversations by Rena Stragel. She's president of the Transition Point Business Advisors, and she specializes in succession planning and so she's going to do a great webinar on how we start conversations with family members, which can sometimes be tough when we're looking at succession uh, planning and planning among family members. We're talking with Tara Haskins with the AgriSafe Network during this National Farm Safety Week. And Tara, let, I want to go back and, and touch on some of those topics that will be covered in your webinars this week. Um, uh, you, you started off with tractor um, vehicle safety. I, I'm thinking back years ago when we were talking farm safety. It, and we've come so far with technology and communications. And uh, I mean, it, it's so much better in many ways than it was several years ago. But still, you're working around uh, equipment that can be dangerous. Sometimes you get in a hurry. And even though you know you should do something or should not do something, when you're in a hurry and you just kind of do something without thinking, uh, it can be very dangerous, and that's why we urge people to, to take all the precautions, kind of think about what you're doing, and try to, uh, uh, to take those precautions that will keep you safe. That's right. I mean, the, the technology has improved, and I think it's really important for producers to, you know, ask those, um, uh, ask their, the company that they're purchasing their equipment, what is new? You know, what's available to me now? But it's also really important to remember some of the basics, just going up and down those ascent of those stairs, you know, it just takes one time to say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, you know, get down there really quick or, or uh, do a workaround. <laughs> um, but it, it can be critical in maintaining your health and safety so that you can maintain your business and agriculture. Yeah, and the most critical part of your farming operation is still you. So take care of yourself uh, and be careful. It is your best business asset is your health. That's right. That is exactly right. Now, another topic that, and I I stress this one more and more because we know a lot of people listening right now aren't farmers, but they're going to be out on the roadways in rural America. And your rural road safety, a shared responsibility. That is so critical. I'm guilty. I've always seeming like I'm in a hurry and you're trying to get around somebody or something. You just got to be more patient, more observant, and, uh, and work together on those roads because this is a busy, busy time. Yeah, especially right now during harvest. So, you know, recognizing that we all play a part and, um, you know, give the producers and those workers their due to be able to get where they need to get safely, um, as well as the recognition by those driving those, those large pieces of equipment, you know, on the rural roads. And we've had in the national news here just lately uh, a tragedy in ohio three brothers uh, that were killed in a farming accident i know in my area recently there's been a there was a death in a farming accident a, a, a farm leader was lost here i mean these uh accidents when they occur and they still unfortunately are occurring they not only impact those families but they they can rock communities and 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 entire areas Oh yeah, absolutely. They rever- they reverberate, you know, long after those those things happen. And um, not to mention, you know, the the extended family members, the grieving, uh, 
Um, and, you know, the concerns by those producers of, you know, what what do I need to do to protect my farm workers, my families? Um, it, it is really a tragedy when those things happen. I think I was talking earlier about how technology has brought us a long ways, I think, to be safer. I just think about some of the... I. Th- I Probably anyone who's ever worked on a farm, lived on a farm, they can think back to their childhood and think, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I, it's amazing, <laughs> amazing that I wasn't injured or worse uh, doing something that I did. So uh, we can all look back and say we can do things better and more safely, and hopefully we are. Now, another part of it, though, Tara, is something we've started talking about more in recent years, and that's the, the mental health part of this. Now, this is something a lot of people, uh, they don't want to talk about, uh, especially they don't want to acknowledge publicly, but this is something that needs to be addressed. Uh, the stresses, the pressures that, that are on uh, farmers and farm families, and uh, you talked about uh, uh, the, the suicide uh, prevention part of it. There's so many aspects to this that need to be addressed. Yes, and, uh, you know, here at AgriSafe, we do quite a bit of work uh, in mental health, and so we felt like it was really important to focus, do some large focusing on that during Farm Safety and Health Week. Um, you know, there there's just so many layers to the mental health crisis that we currently are in within agriculture. We've got rural communities who have who are mental health shortage areas, we have the stigma that exists, uh, even more so in our rural areas. And then we have these constant daily pressures um, that producers face every day worrying about their business. And that, that affects the family. And it also, just like those injuries, those debilitating injuries, it affects the community as well. So um, we're going to look at this from, from different aspects. Um, I think it's really important to take a look at see what COVID-19 did because you know, farmers, agricultural uh, producers, they are essential. They are essential in this country. Um, and also to see what the, uh, the suicide prevention program has done to take a look at some of those outcomes. We're really excited to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Well, as we said, there's there's so much to talk about when we talk farm safety. I mean, we think about the young people on the farms, inexperienced workers that may be on the farm. Uh, we talk about grain bin safety uh, around uh, livestock operations, manure pits, things like that. There are just so many areas. And we know accidents happen, but right. there's so many, tho- so many of those accidents that could be prevented, right? And that's what we're stri- striving to uh, get people more aware of, to try to uh, protect them and keep these things from happening. Right. I mean, safety is a daily job, <laughs> and it has to be thought of, you know, every time you go to do something on the farm, you have to think about those safety precautions. And so, you know, hopefully by highlighting a lot of these during this week every year, we can kind of get in front of those people that are working those farms, mm-hmm. to, you know, to kind of help remind them, oh, yes, you know, we've got to do that. Maybe we need to do another in-service, you know, for our employees. Um, we need to post this up in our workroom. Let's let's review the PBE again for different situations. I mean, it's all really, really critical, and it right. and you know it, it takes everybody. Where can they see these webinars that you have? How can they access those? Okay, well, good news for your listeners. Number one, if you want to see them live, all you have to do is go to agrisafe.org, and under the sliding picture on the home page, you're going to see a registration button. Um, but they will also be available on demand for anybody that is unable to reach them live. So you can find them on our website. Very good. And we hope people will take advantage of that very valuable information. Tara, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Mike. All right. Tara Haskins with the AgriSafe Network. Up next, we talk with Scott Yeager with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... (laughs) Hey, listen. It's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. 
I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of extend max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. extend max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of bear plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer filled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. 
So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is going to review the gray wolf situation in the big issue in the western states. Joining us now to talk about it is Scott Yeager, Environmental Counsel for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Scott, thanks for joining us. Um, You're disappointed that this review is even going to take place, aren't you? We are. I mean, we're disappointed because we know that the gray wolf has recovered. We can see that with the numbers that they are in now. Uh, So really, uh, the gray wolf recovery is a success story, the U.S. says, and the fact that we're now having to go back and uh, see the government go through this review process, it's a disappointment. But at the same time, uh, you know, with everything in D.C., everything is driven by litigation. And we know that there were petitions in front of the agencies. And the agency's response to do this review was was a response to one of those petitions, and I think they're they're trying to to cover themselves to make sure that they are uh, doing everything they can to uh, be within the law. And I think their agreement to do this review uh, is part of that to show the environmental groups that they're they're responding to their petition but not granting it. They're doing kind of a, a middle ground approach, which with this review process. But so yeah, we're we're disappointed with the review, but I think at the end of the day, we're going to see that. Uh, the wolf numbers uh, are where they need to be. And uh, even with 2021 hunting quotas and the recent bill passed in Idaho, uh, you're, you're still going to be within the, the minimum or above the minimum threshold for for uh, gray wolves in those states. So we think it's going to end up being uh, uh, showing, in fact, that the wolves are recovered and they will continue to be for the foreseeable future. Now, this is a 12-month review. And the way I understand it, your concern is that some groups want to use the Endangered Species Act more as a permanent management tool, right? And so you're concerned about the, the ruling going in that direction. Yeah, I mean, that's always a concern that's where these environmental groups often push is even with the gray wolf being recovered and it, and it coming off the list, that should be celebrated as a success. Uh, but you'll see that a lot of these really fringe environmental groups are pushing to bring it back on. Uh, they're arguing that even though it has recovered, they were, they want the the Endangered Species Act to continue uh, requiring protection of it. And that's just not how the statute works. That's not what Congress passed into law back in, the, back in uh, you know, dozens of years ago to protect these species. Uh, when they are back in full forces, the gray wolf is a great example. They're way above orders of magnitude, the levels that they're required to be. Uh, they need to be taken off the list. So the idea that we have to keep going back to this drawing board and, and the groups are continuing to petition and enforce uh, these these listings on species that are recovered really cuts against the intention of Congress with passing the Endangered Species Act. And I, I fear it's really going to continue to foment concern and uh, issues in rural America where these issues play out between uh, depredation of gray wolves to, on, on cattle and other and other species that uh, that farmers and ranchers manage. We're talking with Scott Yeager, Environmental Counsel for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Then on top of that, Scott, you've got the announcement that the Bureau of Land Management's headquarters will be moving out of Colorado and back to Washington, D.C. What do you think of that? You know, we've got so many other bigger issues happening right now, and at least, you know, one of those issues is catastrophic wildfires. Um, And the fact that the government's focusing on bringing BLM back to D.C., I think it just shows that they don't have the priorities in the right place. Um, This is going to result... This move is going to result in, in more uncertainty and, and more time spent on, on something that they really shouldn't be spending time on. Um, they should be prioritizing time-sensitive land management improvements and plan, instead of playing political football with their mailing address. So it's, it's a disappointment, but again, this is the latest example of what we've seen across this administration, especially with agencies like BLM, Department of Interior, with EPA. We're just seeing this administration really... Uh, do the opposite of what has happened the past four years, um, and it's just more of the same. So it's disappointing, and they really should be focusing their limited resources and efforts on important issues. So they're claiming, the government's claiming, there was a significant loss of institutional memory and talent. This sounds like the argument that was used in the moving of the research uh, uh, department, of research personnel from from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City. Now uh, they're, they're saying these things about the Bureau of Land Management. What's your reaction to that? Well, my reaction is, you know, the intention of putting them out there is to put, it, put these offices in places where they're actually impacting the stakeholders. Uh, so 
we thought that overall that would have been, you know, from a, from a, uh, being able to understand the local and state level issues, a, a much better place for it. But overall, you know, going back to what I said earlier, we're just seeing a reversal of, of all things. And I think the example that you raised with Kansas City and the moving of the, the USDA office out there is just, that's just another, it's just flipping the script and kind of arguing the opposite way for mm-hmm. returning it back to D.C. So it's, it's disappointing. And, and again, you know, the government, should be spending its time on on actually implementing their statutes and making sure they're listening to their stakeholders out in the country rather than uh, moving their office back to D.C. Yeah, it seems to me, just look at the, the title, Bureau of Land Management. Wouldn't you want to be out in the land that you're managing? Yeah, exactly, and be around the people who are impacted by your decisions and be able to hear from them firsthand. And, and, and so, yeah. Uh, hear you loud and clear and, and we're of the same mindset that this is uh you know it's the government has limited resources although they have much bigger resources than i think any of us would uh would agree with uh especially when we're talking about a 3.5 trillion dollar bill that's about to get potentially pushed through the congress um but again uh there's better things they should be spending their time on than moving this office back to dc they never really even gave it a chance to to see how this would work out in um, out in Colorado, so we're, we're we're disappointed that they kind of made this move seemingly prematurely uh, without seeing the uh, the effects of, of moving the BLM office out to Grand Junction. Yeah, uh, the Interior Department saying the Grand Junction will serve as their western headquarters for the uh, uh, Bureau of Land Management, but uh, still controversial move. Uh, we appreciate your thoughts on it, Scott. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. Ah, Scott Yeager, Environmental Counsel for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. So lots going on, busy harvest season, and a lot happening in our nation's capital. We'll keep you up to date each day right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a 4 bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over Enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Always follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.